0: Gonna chase myself a ghost. Howdy
1: there, I'm Matt McKinley and we're burning daylight. So I'm gonna go off on a little bit of a political tangent here and uh, There's uh there's a story I read this morning while I was drinking my coffee about this climate change bill that they are trying to pass in Oregon—it's expected to pass because uh, there's a Democrat major- majority in the in the state house and the state senate, and then they have a Democratic governor as well. Same same type of thing as we have here in Nevada. Same thing happened in Colorado, California. You know, it's it's become an issue. Yeah. Uh, 2018 was a bad year for liberty minded people and what they have been doing in these separate states like here in Nevada they're passing a bunch of these you know like pet projects of uh, of progressive groups like the like green energy climate change policy uh Gun control bills, and just a bunch of bunch of stuff like that, and and they are ramming it through as fast as they can because they know it's going to be unpopular and it's probably going to get them. Uh, probably they're not going to get reelected because of a lot of this stuff. So they they've got the bill in. In Oregon that basically sets up a, a cap and trade deal for emissions and so what that means is they say you are only allowed to have a certain amount of emissions per year and we're gonna we're gonna cut that amount every year until it's down to zero which is a pipe dream you always are gonna have some sort of emission Uh, Even if you you burn not a drop of oil There's gonna be an emission of some sort somewhere. That's it's a pipe dream so What this is going to do is what what they do is they create a market for those who cannot afford to to redo their business in order to meet these emission standards they're creating a market where you can buy, buy emissions overages basically. That will permit you, you know, the crown as it pleases the crown, they were going to allow you to, to use just a little more emissions than what they say. But you gotta buy it. And so they're gonna auction off these these overages or whatever they call it. And but they're gonna they're gonna cut down on the amount every year. And so then, what that does is it drives the price up for these overages, and and eventually it's going to get too expensive to buy those, and only the great big companies can can afford it, and the small guy goes out of business. That's that is the long and short of it because they cannot they cannot afford to comply with these these regulations, and and it's just kind of a tough luck. Well. This is how it is. You're out. You're lost. And what the headline was was Oregon State House uh, closed due to militia threat. So what had happened was they they're trying to get these bills passed, and the Republicans do not have the votes in order to strike it down. The the Democrats have a majority and and they are all in lockstep so the, the Republican lawmakers did what the only other thing they could do and that is not show up they walked out of the the session and a bunch of them even left the state so that they could not be rounded up by the oregon state police and and forced to come back to vote and and the governor was even calling for the state police to go round up the these republicans so they could bring them back and then they could continue to just throat fuck us with this climate change bill and then there's these these people went out and protested on the lawn of the state house in Oregon. And the Oregon State Police deemed that there was a threat from militia. So the state lawmakers needed to cancel their vote. And they did. But I have yet to read of any instance where violence was threatened at all. There... There have been militia members there, and they have been armed. But it is their right to be armed; it is their right to protest, and they have not threatened violence that I can find. Maybe they did, and if they did, then they should be uh, they should be dealt with accordingly. But from what I have read, and I've read several articles this morning on it, not once has a instance. Uh, been mentioned where violence was threatened so what they're looking at is a peaceful protest and and what we are seeing is the demonization of these people because they don't want to they don't want their, their standard of living to go down and their cost of living to go up because of this this bill that will probably not have a single effect on the on the climate, I don't know. I'm not a scientist, just just a self-proclaimed doctor. But even their own projections, they've uh, they've said that all this money needs to be spent, but it's really not going to make much of a difference on the climate. So then, what the fuck are we spending money on? And and this is just a just the Oregon-based one. Now, but it's going on everywhere. There's, they've had similar type deals proposed here in Nevada, Colorado. California already has it. And uh, and you can tell it is hurting business because people are leaving California in droves because it's too expensive to live there because of all the fucking regulations. You can't even... Uh, LA, I believe, gets, like two-thirds of their energy from Utah because it is too expensive to open a uh, power plant in California anymore that's that's coal-fired or natural gas-fired, I imagine, too. But uh, they, it is too expensive for them to produce their own energy and so they have to buy it from out-of-state. Uh, Tesla moved to Nevada because of the business friendly climate here there's no state income tax the environmental regulations for the time being are fairly lax but much like they're doing there in Oregon the, the state legislature here and the governor they're all democ- democratically controlled are shoving as many of these these pet project progressive bills as they can down our throats before they get voted out in 2020, and I, God, I hope they do. This will be one of the, one of the times where I'm gonna suck up my, uh, my pride, and I'm probably gonna vote Republican across the board, because there's no better option, and, uh, and I'm gonna feel dirty about it. But unless they're good candidates, I don't know. Some of them, some of them are, some of them aren't. But I. I probably won't even entertain the thought of a of a democratic candidate. Just because I can see what they're doing right now. And, and I, I hate it. So, that's kind of where I'm at. But, the problem with uh, this article that I saw is it needlessly uh, demonizes these people. And, uh, and militia has become a bad word. You know, it's been taboo. and uh, But the, this country was founded on a militia. Through the blood, sweat, and tears and lives of militiamen, the United States of America was created. We talk about our founder, founding fathers, you know, Jefferson and Washington and Franklin and Adams. And they were they played a vital role in shaping policy and shaping the government but it was a bunch of farmers with pitchforks and guns that won us our independence that, that that's the long and short of it so i don't know why a militia is a bad word the militia is there to keep the government in check and this is a reason why the second amendment is so important it's not about hunting it's not about recreational shooting and it's not even so much about self-defense. It is there as a check against the tyrannical government. You can read the Federalist Papers and all the writings while they were debating the Bill of Rights, and there is a very good reason why the Second Amendment is there, and that is to serve as a check against the tyrannical government. And you have, you've seen it employed several times. You look at the, the Bunker Hill standoff, in southern nevada with the the bundy ranch the only reason those folks didn't get arrested that day and their their cattle confiscated was because a bunch of americans exercised their second amendment right and they showed up and said no you've gone too far this is enough we're not we're not taking this anymore and the blm was forced to stand down because of private citizens with weapons whether you agree with it or not whether you agree with the tactics or not it was effective could the feds have won that fight 100% yes they had better weapons they there was uh, they had the law on their side and and they could have they could have took them out no problem. I mean, they, they could have just gone. Bundy, Bundy clan gone. All their supporters were gone. But they would have caused a shitstorm storm like they, they couldn't have recovered from. Much like the Ruby Ridge and the Waco massacre. It would have been another one of those, and they didn't want that on their hands, so they, they stood down. And... And that, there's, there's other examples, but those that is the most recent one that I can think of, where the Second Amendment, Second Amendment served as a check on a tyrannical government. And, and oh, by the way, you don't have to agree with it, but the judge, they, they threw out the Bundy case with prejudice. They can't even retry the, the Bundys, because they withheld evidence, and they tried to suppress uh exonerating evidence and and this was this was not some uh originalist constitutional lawyer judge this was this was a judge that was appointed by barack obama fairly fairly liberal leaning and even she said no this is bullshit you guys are trying to frame these people and uh, I'm not having it. She threw the case out with prejudice and it cannot be retried. And I think there's probably some, some other ulterior motives why she did that, and I think it had a lot to do with, uh, with uh, all, uh, discovery on the prosecution side. I think they didn't want a lot of these uh, malpractices that were committed by federal agents to come to the light of day, and that's purely speculation on my part, but I'd be willing to bet a little bit of money on it. And uh, so, while she did a good thing in uh, in throwing that case out, I I don't think it was done, you know, because she was such a liberty lover. I think it was it was a cover your ass deal. But for whatever reason, kudos to her. And and then and then you look at the at the Malheur Wildlife Refuge occupation, where the Bundys again and uh, Lavoy Finnicum and a few others they they occupied this uh, this wildlife refuge building, which was had been shut down for the year because it was it was winter, nobody was going out there colder and fuck where they were there in, in oregon and uh so what they did was they walked into an unlocked building which is public property being a blm building publicly owned so we the people supposedly own that they the door was unlocked they walked in they set up camp and they started making repairs they started making speeches and this was all in protest against how the, the government was treating the Hammond family. And the Hammond family was a... They, re, they ran a ranch outside of uh, Burns, Oregon. And they... Their land butted up against the, the Malheur Wildlife Refuge. Which had been uh, acquired by the, the BLM by buying out a bunch of the neighboring ranches to the Hammonds. And these Hammonds were the last... They were the last family to... They were the last holdout, I guess, is what you'd say. They, they said, no, we're not selling. We like our ranch. We like what we're doing. We're going to keep it. And we're not selling. So then the BLM started harassing them. Changing the, changing the rules and uh and eventually they got them convicted of arson for setting a back burn which ended up burning about 40 acres of uh of public ground if i remember right it wasn't a whole lot of ground but they by doing that they they stopped a wildfire in its tracks and probably saved you know tens of thousands if not millions of acres from getting burnt up, and and because of that, they were they were tried and convicted and sentenced under a domestic terrorism act. So they, they were considered domestic terrorism or do, domestic terrorists for setting this back burn. When they really they probably should have been paid for their work because they saved a lot of ground. So. They get they get tried, they get convicted, and they get sentenced. They both go to prison. Dwight and Steve Hammond both go to prison. They serve their sentences. They go back home. Well, I don't know where the appeal came from, but they get sent back to court because under this domestic terrorism law, there is a mandatory minimum sentence, which means you have to you have to serve no less than this amount of time for your said crime. And the, the judge that originally sentenced them, uh, I guess he must have uh, felt a little sympathy for them, so he did, not, he did not sentence them to the, the mandatory minimum. He, he reduced their sentence. Because of that, they, they went, had to go back to court, and they lost and then they had to go back to prison to serve out the remainder of this mandatory minimum sentence. If that is not double jeopardy, I don't know what is. If that's not cruel and unusual punishment, I don't know what is. Both of them unconstitutional. Well, President Trump ended up pardoning them both. And, And the Hammonds wanted... From what I understand, they wanted no part of this protest that, in their name uh, by the the Bundys, and one of the one of the preconditions for their uh, clemency was they were not to be in contact with with the Bundys. Well, and then I guess for a little more backstory there during that that occupation. Uh, Lavoy Finnicum, a rancher from Arizona, one of uh, the Bundy neighboring ranches, was shot and killed on a roadside in Oregon as he tried to uh, he was trying to go talk to a sheriff in the neighboring county. They set up a roadblock, and and uh, the Oregon State Police and the FBI ended up ended up shooting him dead. And there's video of him in the vehicle before he gets out he's saying they're gonna shoot me and they did and uh, so and then they the the media spun that as a domestic terrorism incident armed occupation well fast forward a couple years every single person involved in that occupation plus the people that shot and killed LaVoy Finnecum. Murdered, in, in my opinion. Every single one of them was acquitted of all charges. Had LaVoy Finnecum not been shot, he'd be a free man today. They, uh, they found that no state laws were broken, but yet this man was shot and killed by the Oregon State Police and the FBI. This is the same Oregon State Police who deemed this peaceful protest at the state house from once again, from what I have read, this seems to be a peaceful protest. But the same Oregon State Police that was involved in the murder of of Lavoy is now calling this a uh, a militia threat. And from from what I can tell, that couldn't be farther from the truth. And they, they just really, really got my got my hackles up this morning and uh, I just wanted to shed some light on that because the only artic- articles you're going to read in any major news publication is going gonna, is gonna to portray those folks to be just you know, crazed right-wing extremists that hate the government and there's probably some truth in that on certain individuals. But I would say more than anything it is just a case of people standing up for their own economic interests and uh, trying to stand up to a government that is determined to to force this upon its citizens. Which is uh, is not how this uh, system of government is supposed to work but it's how it continues to work all the time and uh, everybody talks about preserving our democracy and I say fuck the democracy nobody has a nobody has a right to vote away my personal liberties and that's that's all it is democracy is a group of people voting take away another person's personal liberty and uh so that that may be an unpopular stance but that's how i view it and uh i'm going to continue to monitor this system or this uh, situation there in oregon i i don't like where it's heading and uh i won't be surprised if there's some sort of conflict up there i hope not and if you happen to be somebody listening to this that is protesting You be safe. Be careful. Know your rights. Don't escalate, but don't back down. I think it's an important fight that you're doing, and more than anything, just be be careful. Stay safe, and uh, I, I hope it works out well for you. I'm not optimistic because I've I've seen how governments act, and. Uh, the odds are not in your favor, but I wish you the best of luck and, uh, and just stay safe. Now that I have sufficiently lowered the mood for the day, I'm gonna try to salvage it, and uh, I'm gonna end with a little more of a humorous story <clears throat> and uh, try to try to close out on a high note. I uh, I apologize for for being uh, on more of a rant mode today but that I really think that that was an important topic to cover I'm gonna share several stories about it on the Facebook page so take a take a little hiatus from the memes and the, and the funny stuff and uh, I encourage you to read it and stay informed that it, it, it is it is important. To, to be informed because as you've seen over the years the media is not afraid to lie to you and they're not afraid to to spin things in a certain light to, to advance their own agenda and and there's people that will try to deny that and they always will but you you can't ignore the evidence in front of you like you, you are being lied to on a daily basis and uh and if you choose to accept that, that's on you. But if you want to know what's going on, you you got to stay informed. You got to read, and you gotta you gotta listen to some outlets that you might you might not normally uh, listen to. And I've said it before, but I, I truly believe it. If you really want to know what the important issue going on in the world that you got to pay attention to, listen to the Ron Paul Liberty Report does a great job of, uh, of telling you what's going on, and, uh, and this story wasn't on his radar, but it was, it popped up on mine, and, uh, like I said, my bullshit meter went off immediately, and I, am uh, I'm, I do a pretty good job of sniffing out bullshit, so, uh, take that for what it's worth, and, uh, just stay informed, it'll, it'll, it'll do you good in the long run so anyway i'm gonna tell you a little story about my college days today's show is brought to you once again by the d-bags don't be a gunsel and um i've had a few comments on what a gunsel is and uh typically a gunsel is kind of kind of described as somebody who looks like a cowboy dresses like a cowboy but overall don't know what the fuck they're doing and uh and they're pretty prevalent anywhere you go and some people have different names for them depending on what line of work you're in but for us in the cowboy world we call them a gunsel but anyway don't be a gunsel is it's a website started to uh started with the working cowboy with who has a sense of humor in mind. And they also have a line of merch that you can buy. Uh, they've got some hats and some stickers and uh, a coffee mug. Uh, you can find them at Don't Be A Gunsel on Instagram and Facebook. And uh, if you go buy any of their merch, make sure you use the promo code Daylight and get 10% off. It'll help them out, that'll help me out, and you can get some cool shit for a little bit cheaper. And their prices are already pretty cheap. So go, I'll go check them out, support them, and uh, use the burning, uh, burning Daylight promo code B U R N I N D A Y L I G H uh, T. I spelled the uh, daylight wrong yesterday because uh, I'm a fucking hand, that's why. But anyway, go check them out. Don't be a gunsel. well this was my freshman year and uh we it was a uh, i believe it was saturday night couldn't find uh couldn't find a big party to go to there's a bunch of frat parties and going on of course as there always are but i wasn't big into the frat parties and uh so we just decided to uh to grab some booze and uh hang out at the dorms play video games watch some movies and and get drunk which uh college kids tend to do shocker i know and we were having us a jolly good old time there was there was five or six of us just we were we were drinking cheap vodka as is tradition and uh this might be one of the nights that kind of cured me from drinking vodka for, for good pretty much. But we, we were sitting around playing Madden and uh, listening to music and and just getting well lubricated. And there was this this dude Mike that lived down the hall, kind of a weird fella, a little strange. But We were being nice, and uh, so we we invited him over well, it turns out he was not into college drinking shape at all and about two drinks in he is uh he is not in good shape he's he's falling all over himself slurring and uh and just making an ass out of himself in general and next thing you know we got a knock on the door and it's our residential advisor miss jessica she lived on our floor and she was the you know the ra and she was a sweetheart a little bit of a naive gal real real nice kind of proper catholic gal and uh she knocks on the door and so there's a big scramble to to hide all the booze we were in and nick and aaron's room so i uh i took mike and kind of just shoved him in through the bathroom into my room and I took all the booze that we had and uh, put it up in the closet in my room so I mean as if it wasn't evident by the smell and the rest of us just being just fucking sloshed if it wasn't obvious enough we tried to (laughs) try to mitigate the damage and uh, so I just kind of waited in the bathroom You know, just kind of peeking out, listening to the conversation. And she gave us the... Oh, Jessica pretty well gave us just the mom lecture. I'm really really disappointed in you boys. And uh, we kind of felt bad. But she she kind of lets us be. Doesn't report us or anything. And she goes on about her business, which was nice of her. She didn't have to do that, but she did. And uh, so I... (laughs) I go back into Nick and Aaron's room, and we're just like, "Holy oh, shit, that was a close one!" Boy, we dodged a bullet. I said, well, all right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna make me a drink, so I had to go back over into my room. And uh, Mike's still in my room, and uh, I watch him, and he's got the Xbox controller, and he is just getting into whatever he's playing. And you know, he's he's doing the head movements, and uh, just very animated about everything and you know he's he's sitting in front of the TV I'm standing behind the TV and I uh, come around the corner to reach up into the cabinet to get the bottle of vodka and <laughs> look over see what Mike's playing and I still to this day have no idea what he's playing because there was nothing on the screen <laughs> the TV wasn't on the Xbox was not on but Mike was engrossed in this (laughs) in this game that he was playing in his head I mean he was really getting into it and I mean it it looked like everybody who's played Mario Kart knows how you look when you're when you are just deep into a high stakes Mario Kart race that's what he looked like I mean just juking and jiving head faking and (laughs) all to a blank screen and a video game console that wasn't even powered on (laughs) and so we said well Mike why don't you I think you probably need to go go to bed and uh, and we called somebody who was kind of good friends with him and uh, and to take care of him and uh, to make sure he didn't get himself into any kind of trouble And so off he went and didn't think much of it so here come fast forward about I think it was Monday or Tuesday, and I walk in from class to the room, and uh, Rob's sitting on his bed, uh, watching TV. And I, I walk in and it just—it smelled like he had just shit his pants. And I was like, "Good God, man! What did you? What did you eat? I'm not one to, to like usually if somebody." Rips a big old nasty one. I, I kind of compliment him on it. Uh, hey, that was that was a good push or whatever. And uh, even when it's just, you know, the smell is atrocious, you're just like, oh, that that was a good one. That's gross. You know, it's it's almost like a badge of honor for a lot of us guys. But it, I mean, it was. I was just like, good God, man, what did you eat? And he's like, I had nothing. He's like, I haven't ate anything today. And I, he's like, honestly, I haven't farted in all morning, I don't think. And I, said, and he, I was like, "Do you smell that?" And he said, "Yeah, I smelled it too." I thought you had just somebody had just left it, a shit in the toilet. I said, no, no, that wasn't the case. So we, uh, I spray some Febreze around, and, and it kind of masks the smell a little bit. But I mean, it that smell just didn't go away. So another day or two passes by, and uh, our trash can gets full, and so I go take out the trash on the, on the way to dinner, and uh, I lift up that trash bag, and the smell hit me like a ton of bricks. I mean, I whew, he about knocked me on my ass. And uh, well, apparently before Mike got all into this uh, non-existent video game he was playing, he must uh, yacked in the trash can and in his drunken stupor he thought he was helping by putting uh, putting a new trash bag in and uh, <laughs> thus just sealing that vomit in there and I, I have cut open a lot of dead animals that have been just festering in the sun for a while and and that's rough but the smell from that trash can still just haunts me Every time I, I mean, I, I, I get a little bit of the Hebrew jeebies on the, yeah, I just get a little shiver going down my spine when, when I think about it still. I mean, it, it was one of those smells that just burned in your memory, and so I, I in classic Matt McKinley style, I, uh, when I get mad, I get really fucking mad, and and it takes quite a little bit for it to happen, but that that happened, and whew, I, I went storming down the hall and I threw the trash can in Mike's room. I say, hey, fucker, you need to clean out my trash can, and he's like, oh, no, that's your trash can. I say, I know, but that's your puke, and uh, and we argued for like a good 30 minutes, and he just could not grasp the the idea that because he puked in the in my trash can that he needed to clean up because it was it was my trash can. I don't give a fuck whose trash can it is. It's in my room. And you puke. Clean up your mess. And I... I believe Aaron kind of had to hold me back because I was just about to... about to throw some fists. I mean, I... I was... I really wasn't even seeing anything at that point. I was I could not comprehend the mindset to, uh, oh, well, that was your trash can, so you cleaned up. Well, no, fucker. You puked. And, uh, <laughs> needless to say, that was the last time uh, Mike got to party with us in the dorms. Uh, he was pretty well excommunicated after that. And, uh, it's one thing not be able to hold your, hold your liquor. You know, that happens to the best of us. But, man i just i have a real real issue with somebody who just can't take any sort of accountability there yeah well i'm gonna have to go rinse my mouth out because i can (laughs) i can almost taste that smell right now like i said it it is burned in my memory forever yeah but on a on that note, I'm going to call her a day. Uh, episode will be, will post at midnight again. I'm going to kind of make that my schedule. So, you can listen to it in the in the morning going to work or whatever. Listen to it at your own pace. But it's going to be up at midnight uh, Pacific time. Uh, thanks again for all your support. Had a, had a couple shares and and comments on facebook this morning and uh i appreciate them all uh keep your feedback coming uh i'm not opposed to constructive criticism so if you got any complaints let me know i'll try to address them if i think they are worthy and uh if not i guess get over it but i do appreciate everybody's feedback and I, i i will try to there's any topics and and stuff you want me to cover I, I i've been doing a pretty decent job of of covering them but uh I'll, I'll i'll try to continue to do so and uh just keep listening keep sharing tell your friends tell your co-workers whoever if they, you think they'll like it let them know uh keep uh let's keep the momentum going and uh i'll uh I'll keep talking in your ears. So go find me on Facebook. I'm at McKinley for my personal page, Burning Daylight for the show. At Mickermack85 on Twitter and Instagram, at Burning Daylight for the show page. Go follow, like, uh, share it with your friends. Shoot me a message if you got any questions or comments. And uh, let me know if you want to you want to order a hat we'll uh we'll start making a list so we can you know, have to order for the first go and uh, and we'll get them out as quickly as we can uh go check out don't be a gunsel use the promo code burning daylight if you buy any of their stuff i hope you do uh get uh, get yourself a little discount 10 percent. nothing to sneeze at so with that note, I'm out. I got shit to do. I'm sure you do too, so you better move your ass cause we're burning daylight.
0: Gonna chase myself, a ghost went down, Camino Espinosa, gonna get me a divorce, I'm gonna split with all my money, see that girl who loves a horse, it's New Year's Day here on the border, and it's always been this way, I Stay, it's New Year's Day Well, I met them boys there from a thing it's Ring around the collar Got that ring stuck through her nose She works there at the Dallas Cowboys But she's got no in-between Like all them other boys and dresses They ain't every cowboy's dream It's New Year's Day here on the border And it's always been this way I never think I'll stay, it's New Year's Day, it's New Year's Day here on the border. And it's always been this way, I never do the things I order. I think I'll stay, it's New Year's Day.